Sunday, February 21st, 10 a, uh, for the Zoom 10 a.m. meeting. We are reading from the big book of AA, pages 78 through pages 80. John from South Jersey Intergroup will be our speaker and our reader will be Cynthia R. She will be reading the text and the text is, I get so nervous sometimes. The text is page 78, most alcoholics owe money up to page 80, up to and including after consulting with his wife. So go ahead, Cynthia. Most alcoholics owe money. We do not dodge our creditors, telling them what we are trying to do. We make no bones about our drinking. They usually know it anyway, whether we think so or not. Nor are we afraid of disclosing our alcoholism on the theory it may cause financial harm. Approached in this way, the most ruthless creditor will sometimes surprise us. Arranging the best deal we can let with these people uh, know we are sorry. Our drinking has made us slow to pay. We must lose our fear of creditors no matter how far we have to go for we are liable to drink if we are afraid to face them. Perhaps we have committed a criminal offense which might land us in jail if we were known to the authorities. We may be short in our accounts and unable to make good. We have already admitted this in confidence to another person, but we are sure we would, have, we would be imprisoned or lose our job if it were known. Maybe it's only a petty offense such as padding the expense account. Most of us have done that sort of thing. Maybe we are divorced and have remarried but haven't kept up the alimony to number one. She is indignant about it and has a warrant out for our arrest. That is a common form of trouble too. Although these reparations take innumerable forms, there are some general principles which we find guiding. Reminding ourselves that we have decided to go to any lengths to find a spiritual experience, we ask that we be given strength and direction to do the right thing, no matter what the personal consequences may be. We may lose our position or reputation or face jail, but we are willing. We have to be. We must not shrink at anything. Usually, however, other people are involved. Therefore, we are not to be the hasty and foolish martyr who would needlessly sacrifice others to save himself from the alcoholic pit. A man we know had remarried because of a resentment and drinking, he had not paid alimony to his first wife. She was furious. She went to court and got an order for his arrest. He had commenced our way of life, had a secure position, and was getting his head above water. It would have been impressive heroics if he had walked up to the judge and said, here I am. We thought he ought to be willing to do that if necessary, but if he were in jail, he could provide nothing for either family. We suggested he write his first wife, admitting his faults and asking forgiveness. He did, and also sent a small amount of money. He also told her he would try to do in the, fu he would try to do in the future. 
He said he was perfectly, perfectly willing to go to jail if she insisted. Of course, she did not. And the whole situation has long since been adjusted. Before taking drastic action, which might implicate other people, we secure their con consent. If we have obtained permission, have consulted with others, asked God to help, and drastic step is indicated, we must not shrink. This brings to mind a story about one of our friends. While drinking, he accepted a sum of money from a bitterly hated business rival, giving him no receipt for it. He subsequently denied having received the money and used the incident as a basis for discrediting the man. He thus used his own wrongdoing as a means of destroying the reputation of another. In fact, his rival was ruined. He felt that he had done a wrong he could not possibly make right. If he opened that old affair, he was afraid it would destroy the reputation of his partner, disgrace his family, and take away his means of livelihood. What right had he to involve those dependent upon him? How could he possibly make a public statement exonerating his rival? After consulting with his wife and partner, he came to the conclusion that it was better to take those risks than to stand before his creator guilty of such ruinous slander. He saw that he had to place the outcome in God's hands or he would soon start drinking again and all would be lost anyhow. He attended church for the first time in many years. After the sermon, he quietly got up and made an explanation. His action met widespread approval and today he is one of the most trusted citizens of his town. This all happened years ago. I believe that's the end. Thank you very much, Cynthia. Now I'd like to introduce our speaker. Our speaker is John from South Jersey Intergroup and he came to speak for us on short notice and we really appreciate you doing that for us, John. And I'm very excited to hear what you have to say today for us and I'd like to welcome you to the meeting. Thank you. Thanks, Maria. Uh, my name is John. Uh, I'm a very grateful, abstinent, compulsive overeater. Um, I wanna thank Kim for inviting me to speak here today. Um, you know, I was looking at these pages and, uh, at first I was having a hard time identifying with, you know, uh, some of the things that are talked about. Um, but, at, you know, at closer look, I, I realized that, uh, I have a lot in common with this. You know, my, my introduction to the 12 steps was in 1986 in another 12 step program. Um, I know today that I've been a food addict is uh, my entire life. I, you know, in my food history, I realized that I, uh, you know, sugar was my first addiction. It got me high and I loved it. And, uh, so, um, I just, at, four, at 13 years old, I put that down for other substances. And at 14 years old, I was addicted to you know heavy narcotics and, and alcohol and um as it applies to the the ninth step and what's written about here you know my parents had had a faith and a moral belief system that they tried to teach me and i believed in it 
But when I became an addict, uh, all that went out the window. And they were the first ones that I, that I hurt, you know, and they were the ones that I continued to hurt the most, you know, I mean, I stole from them. I, 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 in many ways I stole from them. And, uh, you know, first with stealing their alcohol, then stealing stuff out of the house to sell it so I could get what I needed. And, uh, and then I started stealing from other people. And uh, when I finally got in the program, I stopped doing that stuff. And I prided myself that I wouldn't do that, you know, that I was no longer a thief. And, uh, but that's when my food addiction really took off again in recovery, right? My, I became a really bad food addict. And, and with that, I was, I was a spendthrift, you know, uh, I had four kids in my first four years of recovery and, you know, and I took my family when my kids, you know, I would, I would go out to restaurants with two kids in, in like high chairs at the restaurant, you know, and we would eat out several times a week on credit cards, you know, and, you know, 10 years into the program, you know, I was $30,000 in debt on credit cards from spending. And, uh, you know, I just kept working harder and working harder and working harder. But the more I worked and the more I made, the more I spent and the more I ate. And I heard a comedian say one time that he ate his retirement. Well, that's, that's me, you know? Um, I never paid my mother back. My father died before I got into the program. My father died when I was 24. My mother, I, I, I just didn't get it, you know? I just didn't get it. And, and like 12 years in the other program, uh, 80, 90 pounds overweight, I started to drink again because I was so miserable from my food addiction. And I was a workaholic. I became a workaholic as well. So I was, I was able to get out of the 30,000 in debt, but I didn't stop spending money. I just kept piling on more debt. You know, I just didn't have the credit card debt anymore. And then something happened. I worked for a company that had, I was an early employee at a company that went public and, and uh, I came into a lot of money in the, when the company went public. And, um, and again, to use this as a, as a weapon to beat people with, I was like, Hey, you know, I, I paid off people's debts and gave people money and was, you know, I let that spendthrift thing go so far the other way that my pride and my ego made me think I was better than other people because I didn't, you know, because I was doing all this stuff. You know, all that, all that money I got when that company went public is gone. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I was so far into all of my addictions that I was afraid I, I was just paralyzed with fear. I, I didn't take care of the money. I didn't do, 
all I did was keep spending to numb myself out. I stayed, I stayed, you know, and then, you know, I, I mean, at, at a time when people would look at me from the outside and say, I have it all on that, you know, I, you know, a couple houses, boats, cars, all this stuff. I was dead inside. I was completely empty and I, and I could not stop eating. I, I could not stop eating. I would eat till I was sick. Um, and I was afraid of people and I was afraid of everything. And I just spent money to feel better. And, uh, and I kept spending. And then, and, and then I started seeing doctors and spending lots of money to see doctors to lose weight, you know? And then I, and then like, you know, I would, I would like get this idea that, well, if I ate healthy now, you know, on like all these different, you know, I can't tell you how much weight I've lost. I've, I've gained and lost 50, 60 pounds many, many times. And, um, you know, I would just, I started eating sushi, you know, so like I'll be healthy, I eat sushi. And I would spend like $100 a night on sushi for days and weeks, and, you know, so I thought I gave myself mercury poison from eating so much sushi, you know. And, it's all the same stuff, you know, it's all this, it's all the disease, you know, and, uh, you know, I joined OA in September of 2019. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a newcomer. I count my abstinence from March 19th of 2020. Um, I consider OA an absolute gift from God. Um, I no longer obsess about food. I'm not using food to solve my problems. And as a result, I've really slowed down on the spending. You know, I'm broke, so I don't spend money I don't have anymore. That's one thing. I don't have any credit cards and I don't spend money I don't have. But, you know, I'm trying to start over at 62 years old, you know, to the point where I had to take an internship for $11 an hour. And now I'm working like 60 hours a week and I'm, and it's high stress and I'm not making a lot of money and, I, and, and, and I'm not complaining. I'm just trying to give testimony to the program. You know, my, I've had, I've had a few sponsors and I've, I've never fired a sponsor. I've just added more because I spent 10 years in Florida and my sponsor up here said I should have a sponsor down there. So and, and one of my sponsors told me that, you know, this ninth step has nothing, really not a lot to do with saying I'm sorry. It has, it has everything to do with mending my ways, you know, and, and being a different human being. And that's been a very slow process for me. Uh, it's been a slow waking up, you know, and, um, you know, so I look at this from a different perspective that, you know, I, I was once, literally, I was once a millionaire and I, and, and now I have next to nothing in the bank. And so there's an inheritance I could have given my kids, but my disease stole that from them. You know, my, my selfishness stole that from them. And, and I'll be honest with you, they have great resentment over to, at me towards it, I, whether they voice it to themselves or not, I, I know they're very angry with me. And, um, 
there have been a lot of people angry with me. The, the good news for me is, you know, I love this sentence on page 78. We've made our demonstration, done our part. I try to make my demonstration every day. I try to do my part every day. You know, the beauty of OA, what OA has given me, I am a reactor. And, and I've been in, you know, I'm active in AA and I'm active in OA today. I, I at one time was very active in a program called Adult Children of Alcoholics. And I learned a lot about my, my issues and my, you know, my traits there. And um, I know that I'm a reactor, you know. I, I, I speak first and then think about what I said later. And my, the greatest gift I've gotten in OA is the ability to keep my mouth shut and think about what like I, I want to say and what I'm about to say before I say it. It doesn't always work this way, but it, the more I practice my program, the better I get at it. The longer I'm away from the food, the better I get at it. The more, you know, the more I'm able to practice humility, the more I see myself in everybody else. And that to me is doing my part, you know, and, and not speaking is making my demonstration. Not, you know, I'm also a person who has to be addicted to being right. And along with that addiction to being right is an addiction to judgment and criticism. And what, what, you know, for years, my sponsors and the people I respect in both programs have said is that the true freedom comes in a ninth step. And I've, and I've finally been in this program long enough to experience the freedom that comes in the ninth step by not having to have something to say about everything, you know, by, by, by being able to let people be themselves and whether, and, and while my mind wants to judge them, I realize that they are just being me, you know? And thank you, God, that I can see that. I can empathize with them. I can see their part in it, their point, and learn that I don't know everything. There's so much that I don't know, you know? I mean, we, we live in a world today that's very divided and very, you know, like I'm in my first year of recovery and a lot went on last summer. And for four years, I've been listening to my kids call me names that I don't think I am. But I have to keep my mouth shut. You know, my relationship with my children is pretty strained right now. They're all in their early to mid 30s. And they don't think, you know, like we just have different ideas about the world, you know. And. and um they teach me every day, you know, my, my children are my greatest teacher because I, I, I am them and they are me and I see it all the time. And my first thought is to criticize them, but I, I can't criticize them without criticizing myself. And really what I learned is that I can't criticize anybody without criticizing myself because I truly believe in what I've learned in this program is that I can't see a flaw in you that doesn't already exist in me. And the more you bother me, 
the more I got to look inside of me because that's something that bothers me bad about myself, you know. And in the end, I'm very flawed and I need and, and I'm slowly learning to love myself and accept myself despite my flaws. And in return, love you and, and respect you and accept you with your flaws. Because, you know, we're really. And that's what takes me out of the isolation and being different and, and, and wanting to, you know, because the food is my answer to all of that. The food is my best friend, was my best friend, gave me comfort and, and, and helped me deal with all those emotions that I didn't know how to deal with, you know. And so, you know, every day is a new day. Speaking on page 79, when I have to remind myself that I've decided to go to any length to find a spiritual experience. And that spiritual experience is only good for today. You know, if I don't go to any length to find it tomorrow, then in short order, you know, I'll be back to judging and criticizing and, and, and believing my own crap, you know, and uh, if I have any, any insight, it's a pure gift. You know, I, I realized 10 years into AA that all of the work I did in these books and going to meetings and running step studies and man, I could talk a good game, but I was still a reactor. I was still had fear. And, and it dawned on me in a 10 step where it says, you know, for by now we ceased fighting everyone and everything. For by now, sanity had returned. I realized I was 10 years in the other program and I was still insane by the way I was reacting to people. And so I started working 10, 11, and 12 to the best of my ability, like seriously. And as a result, I, I don't, I, I just want to do my part. I want to show up and do my part you know, stop acting out, stop spending, stop eating, stop drugging, stop drinking, stop criticizing and judging and, you know, having to be right, you know, just kind of be, that's what I, I just, I just want to, just want to, you know, do, be, take care of my responsibilities and allow you to be you and me be me. Thanks a lot for letting me share.